Well, it's great to be in Dunedin. Thank you uh, for the welcome. It's always good to be here. I was trying to think when I was last here, but I can't remember. But uh, it seemed like a long time ago, but anyhow, perhaps it wasn't. But it was, uh, one thing I do know is um, that uh, the Blues beat the um, Highlanders, and so... And um, so if you're not into rugby, that won't mean anything to you. But um, I think Ryan knows a little bit about it. <laughs> um, so, uh, but anyhow, I, I am cheering because you become a real supporter of a team when you can survive five years of drought. <laughs> so one win is uh, extraordinary. Amen. How about, I just want to invite you visiting here. This might, you might want to do this, but... I just want to invite people just to lift their hands if you feel the freedom to do so. And one thing I love to do before I preach is invite the Holy Spirit because I always have the absolute confidence He can locate you. And He knows how to minister into our life. He knows how to take what I share and minister into your heart. And with our hands lifted right now, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. You're the one who does make truth live. You're also, Holy Spirit, the one who makes Jesus real. And I pray that today, if there's be anyone in this room who would even doubt the reality and the existence of God and the revelation of who Jesus became, I pray that you'd open the eyes of their heart today, that somehow they'd be able to behold who He is, not just out of the mind, but there would come a revelation in the Spirit in Jesus' Name. And I pray more that our ears would be open to hear because we know that God, this nation, not only needs such a powerful move, but the world right now, Father, needs something from heaven to come to earth. And You know that You have placed us to manifest Your power and Your glory in Jesus' name, bring healing even into people's bodies. Bring healing emotionally in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Take a seat, everybody. Well, God is good. Uh, I, I the, love to pray, especially at the beginning of the year. I had a nice holiday, which was good. Good Kiwi thing to do, go to the beach. Just enjoy yourself and enjoy your family and friends. But in that season, I always had my heart open to say, okay, come on, God, what are you, number one, saying to me as an individual? Secondly, what are you saying to the church? And at the beginning of the year, I got two areas which I believe God will help uh, me as I go through 2016, but I believe as a preacher will help the church. And the first one was to become more sensitive to the Holy Spirit and His voice. Uh, because the Holy Spirit is not just a, a person who loves to turn up for a service on Sunday, but He's with us always. And He wants to for us to be in tune so that we actually can hear accurately His voice, because He wants to speak far more than sometimes we're listening. And He wants to, in a way, define sometimes our brokenness, so that we're able to become everything that He's called us to be. He wants to champion you so that you are a useful person in His hands. Amen? And so for me, it was saying, Holy Spirit, I want to be even more sensitive to Your voice. I want to hear. I want to be able to hear. And the second part was, which really I knew was the Holy Spirit because my mind wasn't there. You always know when the Holy Spirit's clear, 
and he, he just speaks something because you're not even thinking about it, but it just comes into your heart. And uh, he, he just spoke and he said, I want you to create an environment for the building of champions. And it was the building of champions that really, in a way, touched me. Because if you take the word champion, it really means to defeat your opponent. And in life, every one of us have opponents. And the opponents are not so much people. The opponents are the, the voices that you hear all around you. Sometimes we, we, we identify them as people. We can identify them in circumstances. But our greatest, greatest battle is not so much with flesh and blood. Our greatest battle is actually what we are entertaining. And it's almost like the chitter-chatter that goes on, you know, in your head sometimes or around you that really becomes the greatest force to defeat you. And I believe within the church of Jesus Christ, there's just massive, massive potential. And God wants to realize that. In this church here today, you as an individual sitting here, God, God can see far more in you than you can currently see. In fact, his, his dream for your life far outweighs anything that you could imagine. And it's for us to actually apprehend that. It's for us to take hold of it. Who knows where you will be in 10 years' time. I pray it would be prospering in the will of God. Amen? Not, not in a place of defeat, but prospering in the will of God. And uh, for, to, to build on this today, so just this thought of building champions and hearing God. Amen? Two thoughts. Hearing champions and uh, sorry, building champions and hearing God. Two parts, two parts of what I want to share, especially this morning. And I want to use the life of a, a person in the Bible. His name is Jonathan. Jonathan is, is probably not seen as a, a star figure throughout the Bible. And that's why I like him. Because he, he, in a way, doesn't stand out like King David did, or he doesn't stand out like Elijah did or Elisha did. He doesn't stand out like Moses and Abraham. He doesn't stand out like Paul did. But he's this person in the Bible who was, a, was an amazing man, who actually helped to turn and change his generation. Jonathan actually means Jehovah has given. And I like that. Jehovah, there's something about names. It's like God, God gave Jonathan. God gave Jonathan. It's same as God has given you. He's created you for the season. You're not a mistake. God, from the beginning of time, called you by name and he's positioned you on earth. If you're a student, you're in need and not just to learn. Amen. It's not just an academic process. You're here because this is the will of God for you in this season. Who knows, you might meet your partner. Just a thought. <laughs> you know, something might happen while you're at university. You know, something might be incredible in just your year and connecting not only with God, but learning skills to help you to go into your life. And all that's important, so never just see this season as an academic process. This season's in God. He saw you from the beginning of time here. He saw you in Dunedin. And can, can I say, Equippers Church is a great place to let God minister into your life and expand your capacity in Him. This is a place where God can connect you with Himself, connect you with a great group of people. Jonathan was the son 
of King Saul. King Saul came onto the scene when Israel was looking for leadership. He was his son. He made a covenant with David, who was not connected in any way uh, through blood, but just happened to be that they built a powerful friendship. In fact, if you go on through the Bible, you'll see Jonathan made a covenant with David. He aligned himself with David. And, and I want to say that just the alignment, the alignment with David is very, very important in what I want to share today. Because in a way, in the natural, that alignment should have never happened. Because he was the son. Jonathan was the son of a king. And if you're the son of a king, what are you? The natural heir. But David, God chose, and Jonathan aligned himself with what God was saying rather than align himself with, with, with what was naturally a process that should follow. And that is incredibly powerful. And I want to build a lot onto that today. His father saw he was there. Jonathan was there at his coronation, which is a special environment. It's like a, a time when, when God came through Samuel and he speaks a word. And the word could be lost in the environment of celebration. But there was something in the heart and in the ear of David to hear more than just a, a moment of celebration for the coronation of his father. And this is what Samuel said in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verses 14 to 15. He, he, th these were the words that were spoken to all the people that had gathered over the coronation of this man to be king, and his name was Saul. He says, if you fear the Lord and serve him and obey his voice and do not rebel against the commandments of the Lord, then both you and the king who reigns over you will continue following the Lord your God. However, if you do not obey the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the commandment of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you as it was against your fathers. And then it goes on down in verses 24 and 25. It says, only fear the Lord, serve Him in truth and with all your heart, for consider what great things He has done for you. But if you still do wickedly, you shall be swept away, both you and your king. It's amazing. Here He is in the, in the midst of a, a, a celebration moment. It would be like, something happening that is very, very significant. And he could be caught away with the environment. But in the middle of it, his heart heard God. He heard. I don't think his father heard this. The same as what Jonathan heard. And that's really what church is about. We come in here from so many different perspectives of life. We can either weigh it up in our, in our mind academically, we can try and process it through, or we can say, no, no, I, I, I want a heart that hears you. I love it when I'm not going to get down on the, off the stage, but you know, so often a, a prophet will come to church and they'll prophesy over the senior pastor and his wife. And you think, that's unfair. How come they get all the prophecies? 
just because they're on the front row. Perhaps I'll try sitting on the front row. It might work for me. We'll get the prophecy. But, you know, if you love the church, you will always hear the prophecy over those whom God has appointed to lead. Why? Because the prophecy is for them as an individual, but it's more than them. It's more for the church. And here was Jonathan. He was sitting in this coronation, and here Samuel comes on the scene, and he prophesies. Now, you could be out there and think, oh, there they go again. Just giving a prophecy over the leaders. Or you can say, wow, wow, what's God saying? Come on, what's God saying? How's God? I actually remember prophecies over other people really well because I sit there and I listen. It's quite frightening because I'll go up to people and I'll talk about it. <laughs> but but you, the ability to hear God, the ability to hear God in the season of what he's saying in the church is so powerful and it's so important. If you take the parable, it was the first parable that Jesus ever told was the parable of the seed and the sower. And he said the sower will go out and he will sow seed. I'm not reading the scripture, but he will sow seed. It says some will fall on ground that is just absolutely hard and it will never, ever have the power to take root. Do you know that can be the condition of our heart? You could be actually sitting here today and you in your heart and your mind says, this is not going to touch me. Well, that's the reality. It won't touch you. It won't change your life. Other will fall on ground where there is a certain amount of soil, but there's a lot of rocks. There's a lot of hardness. There's a lot of undealt issues. And it will spring up for a moment, but the moment the sun comes out, the harshness of the sun in New Zealand, you know, it doesn't take very long. It could take two, three days of harsh sun. It's gone. And really, you know, Jesus said, you know, the busyness of life and the activities doesn't take long for the Word of God. You can be falling over. You can be shaking on Sunday. You can be overwhelmed with what God says, but by Wednesday it's disappeared. If someone was to ask you, what's God saying? Oh, I don't know, I'm too busy. Disappears. Then it says, some seed will fall on ground that is actually covered by shrubs and trees. It can spring up, but ultimately the shadow, the lack of sun, would actually ultimately destroy the power of the seed to flourish. But then he goes on, he says, the seed that really has the power to impact our life is seed that is able to find a heart that is really open, a heart's prepared. It's not a heart that is necessarily living life accurately. It's not a super spiritual sort of person, but it's just a heart that says, no, 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 God, I, I, I really do need you in my life. I want you. I can see my frailty. I can see where I chip over in life. I can see somehow where I, I, I could disappoint you. But boy, I want you to help me. I, I'm open. I want to hear. Amen? I want to listen. And that's, that's for you and me. It's not just for Jonathan. It's the ability to say, God, I want to hear. I want to hear you speak. I want to hear. And if you actually analyze it, your hearing never is external. It's always internal. That's where God speaks. I decided to bring these little things on stage and 
for most of you, they'll probably just look like earpieces. But these are bows. I just dropped a bit off it somewhere. I don't know where, but anyway. These are, did I drop it? Yeah. And I I use them on the plane because I fly a lot. And uh, they're really good because they're noise cancelling. They're really good if Helen wants to speak sometimes at home. (laughs) And... Yeah, but, but I, I put them in and then you turn them on down here and it just blocks out all the external sound. You can have the big ones that go over the ears, but they're too bulky for traveling, so I bought these ones. But they're really good because they block out all the noise. Block out all the sound around you. If you're in a plane, all the noise of the, the people and that. I, I, I normally make sure I can hear when the food's coming. But, <laughs> but, but, but they block out all the sound, all the noise around and in a way, you know, there's so much noise around you and me. Come on, all of us. And I'm speaking, you know, I'm a pastor, I'm a preacher, but there's noise around me. There's noise, there's attention, there's, there's sounds, there's, there's forces. Sometimes the sounds are sounds of intimidation and fear. Sometimes they're sounds of insecurities. Sometimes they're sounds of jealousy. Sometimes they're sounds even of bitterness. Sometimes they're sounds of just, just anger. And the sounds are, they're all out there. And sometimes it's the devil. You can blame the devil now and again. But sometimes they're just you. But it's almost like there's a battle. How many know what I'm talking about? It's like there's this battle trying to get your attention. It's all external. It's all external. But that's why, and I say to people, and I can say it genuinely, I love being a Christian. Why? Because when I can touch what the Spirit of God wants to speak to me, I find who I am. My being comes alive. I feel more peaceful. I feel more secure. I feel more loved. And I feel more loving. There's something about hearing the voice of God in my spirit. My destiny becomes more clear. But when I hear all that, it's almost like, chat, 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 chat. You know, I've got uh, granddaughters, and boy, they can chatter. <laughs> In fact, I've got a grandson, and he can talk too. He just doesn't stop. He's like a motor mouth. He goes, blah, 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 blah. what do you think? Blah, blah, blah. You know, and he talks all the time. But he says, I love talking, this boy. But sometimes you've just got to let all the noise around you stop. All the noise because there's so much noise. So much noise. So much, so much, so many voices trying to gain your attention. As a student, you'll have the demands of assignments. Please do them. <laughs> but you'll have the demands of assignments. You'll have the demands of friends. You'll have the demands of family. And then on top of that, you'll want to be connected with church. There'll be so many voices. And then your inner struggles. Sometimes those inner struggles are lust, anger, jealousy, fear. All those voices are all there. They're all around you. But really what God wants you and I to do is have a heart that says, really, the most important voice I can hear is actually what God's saying inside me. Because what God says inside you, please listen to an older man today. What God says inside you, are you ready? 
Come on, listen to me. What God says inside me, say it with me. What God says inside me, say it again. What God says inside me, not my academic mind. What God says inside me actually defines me. That's what defines me. That's what makes me more real. You could come out of university or with, 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 a, with a PhD, but feeling no better than when you went in, in your person. But you'll let your academic qualification try and define your life, but never define you. Businessmen think, well, if I just get another million, that'll make me happy. Never makes you happy. People in ministry think, oh, if I'm just called pastor or bishop or apostle, that'll help. It doesn't help. I say to people, I could be a, called Apostle Bruce, Pastor Bruce, Bishop Bruce, whatever Bruce, but when I come home and walk over the door, I am Helen's husband. And she says, take the rubbish out, please. <laughs> All those things don't define you. But what defines you is what you hear inside you. It's what God says to you. That's what defines you. And that's why this year I pray that you would be like Jonathan. Your heart would be in tune to say, I want to hear God. What is he saying to me? What is he saying about me? And do you know, I release the anointing of his presence so that you can hear. Amen. How many are wanting to hear? Come on, how many want to hear? And it's a journey. It's a journey. You're always looking to hear God speak. The thing is that you have two people in this story right now with these three major characters. You've got Saul, you've got Jonathan, and you've got David. You've got Samuel, who's the prophet. Jonathan heard God, and you can read an amazing story in 1 Samuel 14 where the Philistine army was coming against Israel. All the troops were down. They were scared at the bottom, a wee bit like what David would confront with Goliath. But, you know, Jonathan just says, because he knew God was on his side, he said to his armor bearer, you know, I I reckon if we just go up on top of this mountain, you know, there's something, there's a sort of a confidence in me that God's going to fight on our behalf. And he displayed not only incredible faith, but an amazing courage in the face of this force of evil. And he went up, and you read the story. It's a good story to read. But the Bible says that the enemy was routed by two men. Two men was routed completely. They started fighting against themselves. And I think David heard that story. And when it came to the defeating of Goliath, there was something that fueled his fire. Amen? He fought with the same confidence. But his father, Saul, was asked by the prophet to just do one thing. Just wait for me. Wait for me. How many people here are impatient? I am too, so I'm just joining the club. But, but, but God said to Saul, wait for me. 
And Saul did not wait. But before Samuel arrived, he started sacrificing. And so here's the word. And I don't want to focus on the negative, but I do. And I praise God we live in a day of grace. Here's the words in 1 Samuel chapter 13. And Samuel said to Saul, Have you done foolishly? You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever, but now your kingdom shall not continue. And the Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. The Lord has commanded him to be commander over the people because you have not kept the Lord's commandment. Then Samuel arose and went to Gilgal and Geba and uh, of Benjamin and Saul numbered the people present with him to be 600 men. I reckon there were two hearers then. There was Jonathan and there was Saul. I reckon Jonathan heard something. Now, you ready? I said it before. He is the natural heir. His father's a king. But here he is again, hearing the Spirit of God say, the mantle shifted. I'm looking for a man after my own heart. I'm looking for someone after my own heart. Simply because you did not hear the word of the Lord. You go back to the parable of Jesus, what he told. He said, you know, watch how you build your life. You either build it on the sand or the rock. Those who build the sand, uh, build their lives on the sand, hear the word of God, and they go out, no, 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 don't worry about that. You know, that's not really important to life. Or you build it on the rock, and the Bible says those who build on the rock are those who hear and they obey. That, that, that was the teaching of Jesus. And do you know one thing, you know, I can, I, I can look at my own life. Do you know where, where, where you hit the ground? is where you hear and you don't obey. You just rationalise it with your mind. But boy, I, I've learned, I have a little phrase and you might like to write it down. How many want to be blessed? Come on, how many want to be blessed? I, I, you know, my aim is to be blessed. But blessing is on the other side of my obedience. <laughs> you, can't, you can't get God's blessing by living a life of disobedience. And this is where a lot of Christians are almost angry with God. I thought, God, you said. But God's looking down and saying, but did you obey? Because his blessing is on the other side of our obedience. It's the ability to listen to God. It's the ability to do what God's saying. Many of you know, Helen and I went to London in the year 2001. And it was a challenge. And we know God really spoke into our spirit. He's spoken to our life to go, to leave our home, leave the church in Auckland and go. And we went. Now, this year I will spend, uh, I will do four trips to Europe, Africa and London. And the doors that right now God is opening is supernatural. I could tell you, I could tell you testimony after testimony for half an hour more, but I don't have the time. But where did it come from? I could have said, oh, no, God would never ask us to go to London. 
I'm just a little Kiwi boy from Tihoro, if you know where that is. I don't have any academic training. I don't have a degree. I've got a diploma, but that's about all. I don't have anything after my name. Who, who am I? But on the other side of our obedience, has come to something that is far greater than I could have ever, ever imagined. What's on the other side of your obedience? The ability to hear God and position yourself. It goes on, and I'm just reading this, and then we're going to pull this into a close. But 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 22 to 23, Samuel comes along and he speaks to Saul again. He just says, Has the Lord as great a delight in your burnt offerings and sacrifices? You think, oh, well, if God says to me to do this, and I don't want to, I'll just try harder at this. (laughs) I'll give more money. I'll sacrifice more time. I'll, I'll give more sacrifice, God. I'm sure you will be pleased with my sacrifice. But God isn't, interested in your sacrifice. He goes on to, he says this, as in obeying the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. Say it with me. To obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed than the fat of rams, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft as stubbornness as, as, as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you as being king. Isn't that a frightening passage of Scripture? Come on, isn't it? It's in the Bible. And sometimes we can rationalise. We can rationalise. We can say, oh, no, 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 God's not looking. I just say to young people, I probably said it here before, I had three boys. My only instruction to them as they're growing up and they got a little twink in their eye and we're looking at girls, is I just said, you know, I'm not going to tell you whether you lay hand, like, hold a girl's hand or kiss them or, or all that sort of stuff. But I just said to them, just remember wherever you are, whether it's in the car or in the house by yourself, Jesus is there. <laughs> and then walked away. Because sometimes we think he's not looking. <laughs> We think we can get away with it. If I just sacrifice and come to church, he's not looking at that part of my life. No, he is looking. You say, oh, well, this is how we do it in the world. No, 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 there's there's God's plan. There's God's order. Do it God's way. And I'm not old and prudish. I just think there's there's a way God works. Come on, there's a way God works. And what we need to see is that platform of obedience is what God really looks at. And I've watched people, the super spuros of the church, should I say that, they come up the front and they shake and fall on the ground and all that. But then they go out and you think their life doesn't even look like a Christian. But they can act very spiritual on a Sunday. But then when it really comes to the reality of how they love their husband or love their wife or dealing with anger or dealing with their finances or dealing with issues of life or how they live with their boss or how they work for their employer, you, you know, there's a contradiction. Frightening. We had a, 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 a guy, there was a gym and some of the guys from Equipers Church in Auckland were working at the gym and, and we heard this, I heard, heard this horrible report. Says, you know, the people from Equipers are our worst people to have employed. 
I, 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 I said, that should not be. They're going to sleep on the job, take advantage, they lie. You look and think, well, that shouldn't happen. Well, it did happen. <laughs> and I know people fall over in life. I've fallen over in life. God's merciful. He's gracious. He forgives. But it's the ability to stand up again. It's the ability to listen to God. And here's some things I just want to leave with you as we come to a close. How does God speak? And this is coming out of, how does God speak to me? What can help? Would you mind coming and playing, Andrew? Thank you. How does God speak? These are just some little things that you might like to write down. This is, this is how God speaks inside you. He, he will now and again correct you. But correction is far more minimal than what he actually says that is positive. The sound in you is far more edifying than you could actually even imagine. God says, I am. Don't you like that? If you look at it, all the things of the I am in the Bible help me to overcome my insecurities. He says, I am called. Don't you like that? You're called. Every single person in this room is called by the Lord Jesus Christ. If you were to listen, He, he would call you by name. Do you know what else He says about me? He says, I'm His masterpiece. How many like to think that they're God's masterpiece? You're no mistake. He looked at me and thought, no, no, he's six foot's too tall. Five foot eight's about right. Brown skin or white skin? No, I think I'll give him white. He'll always be a little chubby. But he made me legs. Those legs, they'll never run fast. Just how he made me. But the moment I accept I'm his masterpiece, I never struggle to be someone I'm not. Never struggle. I'm his workmanship. When I hear the voice that God, I'm his workmanship, I let God work on me. I let God shape me. I let God fashion me. Why? Because that's how God speaks. Do you know the Bible says, I am sealed? Not a seal. I am sealed. What it means, I'm branded. I'm branded with the Holy Spirit of promise. When God looks down from heaven, He says, there's my son. His name's Bruce. I can identify him because he's been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. He's got my spirit living within me. He made a choice for me. I'm sealed. When you hear that in your heart, wow, it makes you feel big. It makes you want to listen. I am complete. When it says I am complete, it doesn't mean I'm perfect. But God is changing me, fashioning me from glory to glory as by His Spirit. The Bible says I am redeemed. How many like being redeemed? Boy, I love being redeemed because I fall over every now and again. I do something dumb. But not only was I redeemed, but I'm being redeemed day by day for my stupidness. But I have the ability to open my heart to hear Him more clearly. 
well-known Scripture. I am, listen to it, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Isn't that amazing? The devil wants to put out there, oh, you're just, you're, 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 you're a nobody. Or he puts so much arrogance and pride into people's hearts that you would never want to be around them because all they do is talk about themselves. But yet there's a, a confidence in the heart of everyone who lets their heart hear what God says. They put, they put their noise-canceling earphones on and they hear this intuitive voice of the Spirit of God. Like, like Jonathan did. He was able to stand in the midst of his dad's coronation. He was even there when his dad was being rebuked and he heard something in the Spirit. He was open to hear. I am. Say, I am. Just with me, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Come on, let God deal with your insecurities. Every single one of us have insecurities. There's no one in this room, even Donald Trump, (laughs) would go home and have to live with himself. Come on. Don't listen to that. Check, 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 check. It's almost like sometimes there's a demon on one side and an angel on the other. (laughs) But listen to the voice inside you. God says, He will. He will is about overcoming your fears. So many forces that want to intimidate you. So many things that want to crush you. So many things that will rob you of doing what you do. I think I do 120,000 miles in an aeroplane a year. Remember after a crash, some people say, oh, I'm never going to fly again. I just say, I am. <laughs> Why that plane's up in the air, it'll never crash while I'm on it. Amen. He's going to protect everyone else on there. Amen. That's not arrogance but He will protect me. Do you know what else it says? He will, how many like this, do exceedingly abundantly above what I could ask or think. Do you know your life could have a supernatural rhythm to it that goes way beyond what you could fathom? Amen. How many like that? I, I put an expectation in your heart. He will, come on, do exceedingly abundantly. That, that applies to Equipus Church here in Dunedin, what the season God has you in. He will provide. If God calls you, what's He going to do? Provide you. I have a little saying, which I haven't said for years, but I remember going out on it. God's will, God's bill. Amen. God's will, God's bill. If God wants it, He'll pay for it. And do you know, that's the testimony of an older man. He stands before you. Everything I've done in obedience to God, He's provided. Amen. He looks after. He looks after. You hear the will of God. And that, that, that's not just that praying for something just because I think I want it. No, no. This is your will, God. You will provide. He will lead me in triumph. Amen. Don't you, don't you like? Come on. He will. Some days when you're just feeling flat and defeated, you've just got to actually come out and say, I like, 
That's what everything around me is saying. It's like, it's loud. I know I'm speaking loud, but forgive me. <laughs> but it's almost like there's, there, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a system out there. <laughs> then you put on your noise-canceling earphones. And you say, what's this voice saying? He will lead me in triumph. I don't need to fear all that noise out there. My circumstances will not align up right now with the will of God is far more important than what my current circumstances. He will, and I love this, He will restore my joy. Not happiness, joy. Why? Because joy is an absolute outward expression of God's internal presence. I get so sad when I see Christians walking around like this. The Bible says in His presence is fullness of joy. It's time to laugh a little. You might have seen on Facebook, and you know, I don't know whether I would have done it, but we had a little granddaughter, she's, I don't know, 11, I think. And she, she says, I, I'm an intermediate next year. And Helen says, no, you're not. It's a year after. She says, no, 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 Mammy, I'm an intermediate next year. You are not. And Helen was convinced she said, no, no, Mammy, I am. And I said, to, I, I got on the right side. I said, no, I think Chloe's right. And she said, okay, Chloe, if you're wrong, you're going to put your head in a bucket of water. And Chloe got this little smile on her face and she said, what about you? <laughs> and so we got the knowledge back quickly that Chloe goes to intermediate next year. And I thought, my wife is so good. She's 65. She got a bucket of water. She went outside. And my granddaughter got a little recording of her mammy. She didn't put a bucket in, but she tipped the whole bucket over her head. And here was this little girl. I can, if you listen to it, it's just so cute. My wife's saying, I was wrong! <laughs> and this little girl is going, <laughs> In the background. Yeah. And those sort of things, that, that's, that's life. Just a little bit of joy needs to come into our world that we just crack the boringness. Number three, He has. He's helped me to overcome the enemy of condemnation. How many get cursed with condemnation? Condemnation is just like a barrage of lies. I've got to close this in quickly, but it's like lies and I'd love to talk about condemnation more. But He's made a way in the wilderness. He has strengthened me. I'm getting on in years, 68 in a few months. But do you know what I say? You're going to renew my strength. I'm not going to let age defeat me of my tomorrow. 
I'm going to find God will renew my strength. I will mount up like the wings of an eagle. I shall run and not get weary. I shall walk and not faint. Amen. Why? Because I believe that God confuses strengths into my humanity. As I said, He has called me. He has, say He has, defeated the enemy. He's already defeated. Sometimes you just need to say, come on, you are just a liar. I put you under my feet. I rise up because you are defeated. You were put down on the cross 2,000 years ago. I rise to my platform of victory in the Name of Jesus. He has chosen me. I am chosen. So are you. And then it goes on, it says, I can. Overcoming the lies of, con- of discouragement. And do you know they come all the time? God wants to infuse in you courage like He did Jonathan. Can we? Could two of us take on the Philistines? Inside him, something rose up of faith. I think he heard God. He didn't listen to the sounds. I can do all. Say with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can break through the force of the enemy. I can receive mercy and grace. But as the Bible says, even if you've fallen over, perhaps there's disobedience in your life. Today, you can boldly walk into the throne of grace and receive His mercy and receive His grace in your hour of need. Come on, hear God. Don't let the devil condemn you. Don't let him push you away. Wherever you are today, come in. Enter in. I can. I can. I can walk in victory. I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Amen. You listen to what God says. But you know, so often we're listening to all the sounds around us. It's like the stereo system's on full blast. And we're listening to all the external sounds. It's time to put on Noise cancelling earphones. Amen. Get rid of all the loud sounds around you, demands of family, friends, your internal strife you put on your external strife you put on yourself. You start listening to what God says. What are you saying to me, Jesus? Come on, what are you saying? What are you speaking into my heart? This is a year to hear God. Amen. I want you to stand with me. My time is done. Just stand. I just want you to lift your hands if you would. Just pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, I open my heart to hear you. My life is more defined when I hear you speak. My future is clearer. When you speak, I feel far more secure when I learn to hear you speak. Today I declare, this year, 
2016, my life will be defined by what I hear you say. I prepare my heart. Speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Bye.